From the Gifted Creative Collective, this is the Andrea Brown Podcast, the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know in news, culture, and innovation. Let's go. Happy Wednesday. It is February 3rd, 2021. Happy Black History Month to all of you. Blacks, non-blacks, everybody. It's a great day to be black, but you know what? Around here, it's Black History 365. If you don't know, I am openly black. So for me, this is just business as usual. (laughs) Since it is the first week of Black History Month, though, I would like to talk about the audacity of some non-black people and what it can cost them. This is an illustration that was so aptly played out by LeBron James. Plus, I want to share a love letter to Chloe Bailey and the other young ladies who are boldly choosing to be themselves. We will get to all of that in a minute, but first, let's grab some news. It's been another week and I'm sure you all are still wondering, where's your money? I know. I know you are. I know you're listening like, girl, I need that check. And trust me, I understand. President Biden has come up with a plan and the Senate has voted to push ahead with that relief bill without their Republican counterparts. Now, under normal Senate rules, 60 votes in the support of at least 10 Republicans would be required for the legislation to pass. But under this new reconciliation process, Democrats can pass the legislation with a simple majority of 51 votes. And if you don't remember, um, the Senate is split evenly 50-50 and Vice President Kamala Harris would be the deciding vote, which means (laughs) it's going to pass. Now, this plan is set to cost $1.9 trillion. That's T-R-I-L-L-I-O-N, trillion. And it has provisions for things like funding for COVID relief, aid to states and schools, as well as those long-awaited stimulus checks. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I think it would have been nice if there could have been some bipartisan effort on this. But I also would like to say that the previous administration didn't care about that. (laughs) So I guess it's okay that Joe Biden and his team are pushing forward and the Democrats are taking that majority and running with it. Because at the end of the day, people need relief. COVID has been absolutely devastating for most people. I say most, but at least some people have really, really struggled due to the coronavirus pandemic. The bipartisanship is going to, I think, be necessary to get a lot more done. And of course, you know, I think it would be ideal for this to happen, but clearly it doesn't need to. Speaking of our representatives, I will talk about this person that grinds my gears. And that person is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, if you don't know who she is, she is a freshman representative from the state of Georgia. And this past week, video of this lady, a QAnon conspiracist, went viral after she accosted 
Parkland shooting survivor and activist David Hogg. Now, first of all, David is barely out of his teens, if he is at all. I'm not really sure, but he's barely out of his teens. This lady was following him and asking him why he hates Americans and why <laughs> why he's against the Second Amendment. Nobody ever has said that they have been against the Second Amendment. The idea is people want sensible gun laws and David Hogg has been an activist on that tip. But this lady did not care. Now, additionally, she apparently threatened and accosted fellow freshman representative Corey Bush. And I'm going to let Corey explain to you the actions she decided to take because of that. I moved my office because I am here to do a job for the people of St. Louis. They deserve that. And what I cannot do is continue to look over my shoulder wondering if a white supremacist in Congress by, her, by the name of Marjorie Taylor Greene or anyone else, because there are others, that they are doing something or conspiring against us. Our focus has to be on St. Louis and the work that we can get done. And also, my team deserves better. They should not have to come to, to work and have to wonder if that door is going to open that does not have a people that that door is going to open and it's somebody that does not want to do them well it is absolutely difficult enough to be a freshman representative in congress without having to worry about your peers threatening your life threatening your team trying to attack you i mean this all started pretty bad with <laughs> it really started pretty bad with the insurrection at the Capitol and people like Miss Green and others kind of egged on that attack. They uh, allowed it to happen. They supported it happening. So walking into that type of hostile work environment in any situation would be bad, but especially when you are there to do a job and you have people that you're representing and you're trying to get their interests heard. It's absolutely ridiculous that it's gotten to this point. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene ran unopposed in her district in Georgia after her Democratic opponent dropped out so late in the race that no one was able to replace him. So. To me, it's kind of like, um, it, should you even be there at this point? Like, are, are you really, or do you really represent the interests of your people in your, the area that you're supposed to represent? Or are you just there to further your conspiracies? QAnon is like the weirdest thing to me. It's like all of the Facebook and YouTube conspiracies rolled into one. It's like people eating babies and then there's all types of stuff and even Republicans think she's a cancer. Mitch McConnell said somebody who suggested that perhaps no airplane hit the Pentagon on 9-11, that horrifying school shootings were pre-staged and that the Clintons crashed JFK's Jr.'s airplane is not living in reality. Now, <laughs> you know, if Mitch McConnell is saying something about you, you probably have an issue. And it really is splitting up the Republican Party because you have all these people who were really staunch Trump supporters. And then you have the more moderate, but also some of the more conservative Republicans who are not with all of the ridiculousness that has come out of 
um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do, how they decide to move forward, because there's it's like factions within their party. They're going to have to figure it out. But <laughs> that's none of my business. You know, one thing that would probably grind Marjorie Taylor Greene's gears? <laughs> the fact that the Black Lives Matter movement has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> in fact, BLM was nominated for their struggle against racism and racially motivated violence, but they are not the Black Lives Matter movement, that is, the only ones that have been nominated for that prize. Additionally, Stacey Abrams has been nominated for her work, which follows in the steps of Dr. King. She was instrumental in turning Georgia blue in this past election. And man, do I really think that she would be an excellent candidate to receive that award. Now, the Black Lives Matter movement is a little bit more controversial and only because People have decided to co-opt the name Black Lives Matter and turn it into something that it isn't. At its core, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter movement is an idea. The Black Lives Matter movement is a movement for Black lives, for the empowerment, the sanctity of Black lives, fighting against systemic oppression, racism, that should not be controversial, but apparently it is. And also a lot of people have taken what's supposed to be something beautiful, what was supposed to be something, a rallying cry for people that have been disenfranchised, they've taken it and perverted it. So of course you've got a lot of people who are out here creating different organizations with, with the name BLM. People have associated BLM <laughs> with terroristic activities like it's just bad so i think it would be groundbreaking to see the black lives matter movement receive this nobel peace prize but i'm not sure that it will actually happen if it does hey <laughs> more power to them but um i'm not really sure i think that stacy abrams though would be a great 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 person to have that award but it's not just about me. I would love to know what you think. Do you think that the Black Lives Matter movement deserves a Nobel Prize? Please, please, please. I want to hear your voice. Please tell me. If you're listening on Anchor, I'd love for you to click that message button. You'll be able to record a voice note. You can send it to me and I might use it in a coming up episode <laughs> of this podcast but if you're not on anchor you can also click the link in my bio on instagram at i am andrea brown there's a link that will take you right to my voicemail box record your note tell me do you think that the black lives matter movement deserves a nobel prize i'm looking forward to hearing from you now <laughs> Like I said, we are at the top of Black History Month. And I will say that Black History Month this year feels a little weird for me. I know that over the past few years, Black History Month has kind of devolved into like weird marketing campaigns. But I think it's even worse this year because we had, you know, the social uprising last summer and people have been um, posturing 
you know, trying to get people to understand that they support black lives, but I don't really believe them. <laughs> I don't really believe that people actually support black lives. I think that a lot of companies have come to understand that black people have a lot of buying power. And so Black History Month has kind of devolved into a big hodgepodge of marketing campaigns aimed at trying to get black people to buy their products. And that's really it. It's not really about supporting black lives or honoring um, the people, the black people who have made a difference in this country or made a difference around the world. It's really how can I ensure that I get black people to buy my products and make them think that I support them in an effort to get them to buy my products. That's fraud to me. But anyway, it is Black History Month. And, you know, LeBron James kicked it off very nicely, as a matter of fact. Now, the Lakers were playing the Hawks the other night, and during the game, a fan started jawing at LeBron. Nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> Stadiums have begun to let fans back in, and this couple was sitting courtside. This is not anything new. The guys went back and forth. That's LeBron and the gentlemen that were there. And then it took a turn when the guy's wife, apparently a 25-year-old, got up and started yelling at him. I'm going to let LeBron explain. I'm having fans back in the building. I miss that interaction. I need that interaction. We as players need that interaction. I don't feel like they was warning us to be kicked out. Um, there was a, 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 you know, a back and forth between two grown men. And, and which, uh, uh, and you know, we said our piece, he said his piece, I said my piece. And then when someone else jumped into it and, and said their piece. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think they were, you know, should have been kicked out. Um, but they might have had a couple of drinks maybe. And they could have probably kept it going and the game wouldn't have been about the game no more. So I think the referees did what they had to do. Now, while he didn't think that it was necessary for that fan to be escorted out of the game, she definitely was. But baby, please let me let you know that she didn't waste any time hopping on social media and stating her case. She said that LeBron cussed her out, called her the B word, um, and that she wasn't going to stand for it, that she would kick LeBron's ass. Now, I just want to say <laughs> the audacity is astounding and I think the craziest thing to me is <laughs> that this lady did not realize that this game was being televised. There were cameras all around, everywhere, everywhere. And they watched LeBron's mouth in this conversation with this guy and in conversation with the lady. The worst that he said, <laughs> the worst that he said. He made mention of the guy's appearance and said he was uh, looked like he used steroids, what old steroid ass. I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what they were able to make out from his lips. Like that was the worst thing that he said. So the lady got on social media and she was just I don't want to say she was crying, but she asserted that, <laughs> that LeBron had cussed her out. The thing that gets me is this. We have video evidence that doesn't support her claims, but yet she swears up and down that what she's saying is true. 
And I think that is the biggest thing that bothers me. That at some point, some white people have gotten so comfortable in believing that they can not do any wrong, that they can say whatever, they can do whatever, they can be whatever, and not have it reflect poorly on them. Like that they should not face any consequences for the things that they say, and that they try to make things up to deflect. It doesn't work like that, but that is an age old problem. It's an age-old problem, and not to get too deep, but we've seen the effects of people lying on Black people for years and years and years. Now, in this situation, of course, LeBron James is one of the biggest athletes in the entire world. He was protected in his work environment, but I'm sure that there are plenty of people, regular American Black people, who have dealt with the same type of issues. Somebody said something, it wasn't true, and expected for nothing to happen. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous and mind-blowing to me. But what's new? To close out this week's episode, I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, and that is empowering and encouraging young women. For those of you guys that don't know, I work in a school. And part of the reason that I do that is because I wanted to be a representation of what is possible. When you work really hard and you stay focused and you continue on your journey and you walk in purpose, I wanted to be that for young women. And I believe that I I do that. I get the opportunity to do that on a daily basis. But one of the things that has been... (laughs) agitating me over the last week on social media is this wave of hate towards a particular young lady. Her name is Chloe Bailey. Some of you all may know her as one half of the group, Chloe and Hallie. She's 23 years old. And recently she and her sister um, created separate Instagram accounts. Her sister Hallie is a little bit younger. She is starring in Disney's remake of The Little Mermaid. And so she's overseas working on that project. And the girls decided, hey, let's get separate Instagram accounts so that we can continue to interact with our fans. But because we're going to be in two different locations, it would be easier for us to have separate accounts. Cool, right? Great. Both of them have been posting videos on social media, sharing a little bit of insight into their personality differences, which I think is cool. They've been doing TikToks, they've been singing, they've been making beats, all types of stuff that they've been doing. But Chloe (laughs) has curves for days. She's absolutely a gorgeous girl. Both of them are. But Chloe, more recently, um, has been sexualized in a way that I think has been unfortunate. Now, she's, you know, doing things like normal 23-year-old people will do. TikToks, dancing. Maybe some of it may have been a little provocative, but 
maybe you've seen the silhouette challenge maybe you haven't maybe you saw the busted challenge maybe you haven't um i would ask you to just go look those things up (laughs) i'm gonna try to explain i'll just say that chloe was dancing and that was really it and people didn't take too kindly to that in fact a lot of people had some not so nice things to say about her which in turn caused her to have to address it on Instagram Live. She cried a little bit, but I want to let you hear what Chloe had to say. For every woman out there, don't change who you are to make society feel comfortable. And I'm telling myself that's not what I'm going to do. And even when I posted the video yesterday, I was posting it because I was saging and doing Palisanto and I was like, let's spread positive vibes. I didn't even really notice you all would talk about my ass because I'm like, okay, I'm just walking in for one second, two seconds, you know? And I feel like I've shown my ass more than I have with that. Like if you look at our performance videos, the last performance we had in December, like I was just so excited and on stage and just being myself. So I don't know. I just felt it was important to address it so you guys get to kind of get to know who I am more inside. And it's really hard for me to think of myself as a sexual being or an attractive being, quite frankly. So when I see all the uproar about my posts and stuff, I'm a bit confused. Like I really don't understand because I've never seen myself in that way or in that light. So I take it as a huge compliment that you all even think of me as a sexual, sexy being. And you know, it's never, I don't post what I post for people to, I don't post what I post for to get attention. I don't need that. I am a very spiritual person and I feel like during quarantine, I got really close to God. So even in the lowest moments when I felt like people weren't seeing me, when people weren't paying attention to me, God was. And I've learned I don't need outside attention. So you all seeing what I'm posting is just me being me. Now, I really love that message that she shared because even in her discouragement, she still wanted to encourage, um, you know, girls that are like her. And there's this obsession with innocence. Like I said previously, people have been sexualizing Chloe for a while now. But once she decided to own her own sexiness, it all of a sudden just became a problem. People said that she was seeking attention, but I'm going to be honest with you. Chloe doesn't need that attention. <laughs> Chloe does not need that attention. Chloe and Holly had a huge year last year, even in quarantine. They made it happen. There's no reason that she needs to get on social media to seek attention. She's got money. (laughs) She's got fame. She doesn't need the attention because people are going to give it to her anyway. But it's not just Chloe, though. Many young women probably gone through this same thing there's this idea that people have control over other people you absolutely don't and I think once people get that in their heads this world will be a lot better and social media will be a more friendly place people have to know the way you decide to live your life may work for you but it may not work for someone else Accept that. 
Another thing I'll say is that confidence is extremely delicate. It can take people years, and I mean years, to build it. But it can absolutely be destroyed in seconds. My question is, why would you, out of your own insecurities, limited worldview, or your own lack of confidence, want to destroy someone else's? You would think that you would know how delicate that situation is, but people do it every day. Listen, you never know what somebody is going through. And we have to do a better job of being our sisters and brothers keepers. I want to know what you think. Again, you can send me a message if you're on Anchor. Just click the message button. What do you think that we should do about negative interactions on social media? Do you think that it's possible for us to get to a place where we encourage each other? Or do you think we're just too far gone? Um, I'd love to hear from you. You can even talk to me about how you feel about the whole um, Chloe Bailey situation, or you can talk to me about the challenges and what you think is going on and how we can support each other better. If you're not on Anchor, again, you can click the link in my bio on Instagram. There's a link that'll take you directly to my voicemail box. Leave me that voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in again. It is a pleasure to do this show. It's your girl, Andrea Brown. The Andrea Brown podcast is brought to you each week by me. You can find me on all social media channels at I am Andrea Brown. Look, next week, I'm excited because we're just going to do some rapid fire, quick news And I think it's going to be a good opportunity for us to just get clear on some of the things that are happening around us. I'm looking forward to bringing you that every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Central. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep your eyes open.